Hello and welcome to ELT Time with Garnet Education, where we talk with an industry guest about the hot topics and what's brewing in the ELT community. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're talking about global issues in ELT and I've got Julietta Shunman here to talk about it. Um, I'll introduce myself first and then Julietta. So I'm Jazz. I'm the digital editor here at Garnet. I've worked here for about a year and a half and I don't have a background in ELT. So everything I've learned, I've learned on the job. Uh, I'm, but I am very interested in global issues and social issues, things like that. I'm excited today to hear about how global issues can be incorporated into the ELT classroom. Uh, and so Julietta. Julietta works as a teacher, trainer and materials developer on a number of projects worldwide. From her first job as a VSO ELT teacher in China to most recently as learning and materials development advisor on the DFID funded teacher development program in Nigeria. Her main area of professional interest is supporting teachers and students in low resourced environments to engage in the learning process and make it a more effective, enjoyable and motivating experience. When not working, she can be found growing vegetables on her allotment and actively campaigning to raise awareness about the climate emergency. Jules, hi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Jess. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited to hear all about global issues from someone that knows about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, like you, I'm, I'm learning on the job as well. Yes. <laughs> so do you want to start by talking about what global issues are, how they're relevant to ELT? Yes, certainly. Um, I think if we, if we kind of break down global issues into a couple of uh, topics, if you like, which people probably would, would instantly recognise. Um, when you say global issues, you might include things like the refugee crisis, um, gender issues, um, social injustice and, and how it's manifested around the world. Um, and, for example, racial prejudice, uh, consumerism and our sort of quite materialistic way of life. Um, and I would say at the moment that probably the biggest of all of them is the climate crisis. Yes, definitely. In terms of all of those, because obviously that's such a wide spectrum of issues, they will of course be relevant to ELT. But how do you think they can really be incorporated in ELT and into the classroom? Actually, I think they can be incorporated really easily. I mean, the beauty of ELT is that it isn't particularly a subject in the way that history or maths or, or biology is a subject uh, with content that has to be learnt and, uh, and applied uh, or reproduced in exams, etc. Um, ELT is essentially a skill. Um, yes, there is a body of knowledge about the language. Uh, obviously, grammar, vocabulary, etc. Is, is what you might call content. But the wonderful thing about ELT is that you can use any topics to actually practice the skill. So I think what we have is a rather marvellous situation where um, any of the topics I've just mentioned can be developed into activities or whole lessons or projects, which um, students can then talk about, they can uh, read about, they can, they can listen to texts, uh, authentic texts, for example, from, uh, from radio broadcasts or TV, DVDs, films that you might sort of download uh, all of these things are available to use in your classroom. And I think that's why, for me, ELT and global issues actually go very well together, because that there is simply no limit to what you can discuss in the classroom in an English language lesson. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important as well, isn't it, to kind of talk about articles and snippets and things that are actually real news articles that are happening today um, and actually use them in the classroom. Yes, I, I would agree totally. For me, what's really important is that students... I believe, need to have a global perspective on the world. Students are connected to each other like never before. And in some ways, that's a fantastic uh, thing that's happening in our, our, our modern day world. But maybe, you know, what they see of the rest of the world is obviously very much informed by you know, their own perspectives and I guess by, you know, the, the social media um, groups that they're part of. And for me, Global Issues is about exposing students to other parts of the world that they maybe wouldn't necessarily know that much about. I think it's also getting them to think about their own values, possibly their own issues of concern. And if there are things that maybe, especially for younger learners, things that they haven't thought about, um, Global Issues is a great opportunity to bring those kind of topics into the classroom. Um, it's not just about discussion, though, or awareness raising. I mean, I, I really think it's important that students, once they've talked about these issues, uh, it may evoke certain emotions or feelings in them. Um, one thing that I think is really important to stress is the importance of empathy and you know, yeah. getting students to identify with, you know, either people of their own age um, around the world who don't necessarily have the privileges or the, the kind of lifestyle that they have. Um, getting them to empathise, getting them to kind of understand why, I don't know, why why people live their lives in the way they do around the world, maybe not with the same kind of privileges, and then to give them strat strategies to actually do something about it. So for me, it's really important that students then think about how they might challenge these kind of injustices or particular intolerances around the world. Um, and so I think it's important that Global Issues has a very practical element to it as well. So when we were talking earlier about, you know, how might you use these in the classroom? Yes, by all means, find um, a reading text about, for example, possibly a natural disaster or even a man-made disaster. Um, I'm thinking of um, a colleague of mine who did something on the Rana Plaza factory collapse in Dhaka in Bangladesh, oh, yeah, wow. where yes. over a thousand garment workers were killed. Um, you know, that's that's something that students would probably find quite challenging. Um, but also, I think you need to include in that lesson plan um, something on what they could actually do. So it might be that they draft uh, an email to the corporate social responsibility department of um, one of the big garment producers. Uh, I won't mention any names here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. The, the purveyors of fast fashion. Um, they might all also want to um, come up with ideas for a fundraising campaign for um, the families of the garment workers that were killed. What I'm, what I'm suggesting really is that you don't just leave it at uh yeah at, at the kind of the academic level but that you you bring the practical element into it possibly because i've been in my you know my personal life i've been an activist for a very long time and i love discussing things too i'm sure my friends would um, bear that out <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know you, you discussion for me is only part of the story there's got to be the the action as well um and so yeah i mean i think what's what obviously 
there's a danger, if you like, that um, you're labelled a firebrand if you're um, you're interested in global issues. And I think it's quite important that teachers are not put off by the idea of global issues, that they somehow have to be um, revolutionary yeah. in some way. I don't think it's that at all. I think it is very much about raising awareness um, about particular issues which are often not covered in course books. Um, and I think making our students into more responsible and more informed global citizens. I think I think that's what I'm trying to convey here. Yeah, that's really interesting um, what you said about getting the students to understand and really empathise with people that will have just completely different life experiences. They have a different culture. I think, yeah, that's really important. And also what you said about students taking action, like in the sense of writing an email or how they would in their real life they see an issue and like you always kind of want to be able to like try and help or what can you do to help in these situations Mm. so I think that's really important what you said about actually not just presenting the issue and then leaving it as that but actually also like trying to begin to tackle how we can kind of try and help these issues yes exactly so yeah some some kind of practical follow-up if you like to, to to what you've done in class yeah that's really interesting Okay, great. Let's move on to, should we talk about the UN Sustainable Development Goals um, and how those can be incorporated into the classroom? How can teachers really like utilise those goals? Yes. Um, as many, I'm sure as many of your listeners know, there are there are 17 goals. That they were revised. They've now got a total of 17. I've actually worked in, in a number of developing countries, so I'm quite familiar with the issues that are being summarised here with the goals. But for, for many people who haven't necessarily uh, worked in the developing world, they are things that you would be most probably aware of from from mainstream media. Um, things like a world without poverty, a world where all citizens enjoy good health and well-being, um, a world that has uh, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, um, decent work and economic growth. Those those are the kind of goals that are enshrined in this particular UN document. And obviously for teachers, um, it's very much up to you how you might like to prioritise them. Um, I think it's also quite important to be aware of what things might interest your learners depending on age um, and depending on their own particular context. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think all of these these things can actually be tackled through the normal ELT channels, whether it's reading, writing, listening, speaking, um, obviously brainstorming particular vocabulary or lexical sets that are uh, connected to these particular topics. Mm. Um, I think for older learners, there's you know a wealth of really useful material that you can find online, uh, which you can use with your students around any of these particular goals. Um, for young learners, uh, there's actually um, student resources available on the UN uh, website. Um, nice things like board games, stories, uh, stuff that actually makes the goals oh, uh, very cool. accessible to young learners. So for teachers who are interested in these, there's certainly no shortage of um, ideas and activities that they can use in class. Great, that's really interesting. I really like the idea of the board games. <laughs> that's still fun yes, as a 24-year-old. That's great. Um, Okay, so moving on from that, do you think there are any topics that should be avoided in the classroom? Yeah, I mean, I think this is very much down to individual teachers. 
simply because, you know, as a teacher, you know your class best, um, you know what interests them. And I think much of that is key to selecting the right topic. I think given my own teaching situation at the moment, I don't think there's any topic that I wouldn't actually use in class. However, I know certainly very well that there are topics which are, you know, extremely sensitive in other countries. I think you have to be mindful of the cultural context you're working in. And then also the age of your learners. I think certain topics are more accessible and maybe more appropriate to older learners. But I mean, that's certainly not to say that younger learners can't also engage with them. I'm thinking along the lines, I mean, very young learners, it can be framed in terms of how they relate to each other. So a global issue, you know, we call it global, but of course, it's as much related to the local context as it is to the to the international one. So for young learners, maybe just thinking about how they treat each other, again, the empathy factor, if you like. Yeah, understanding. Yeah, understanding of each other, understanding of each other's uh, differences, celebrating diversity in the classroom, all of those things I think can be done, you know, with much younger learners. Having Having said all of that, you know, just thinking now, I mean, you know, the world isn't going to change and students' values are not going to be uh, kind of broadened or their own prejudices challenged if you don't uh, bring those topics into the classroom. So, again, you know, I wouldn't want to be the person who advises teachers to to introduce, you know, something which is actually going to, you know, end up with them losing their job, for example, or, or you know, causing a lot of parents to get extremely angry. I think teachers just have to make up their own minds. I think, interestingly, what what I've noticed um, when I was working with the Global Issues SIG is that a lot of teachers just are put off the Global Issues topic and won't necessarily introduce them into their classrooms, simply because they think students will be bored. Oh, wow. I completely disagree. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's right. So do I. But you obviously have to to see where teachers are coming from. And that many may feel that um, that the topics are just too serious or too depressing um, and that students, you know, will be kind of, they will switch off, if you like, if the teacher, you know, sort of introduces something like that. I mean, we've all had our our own experiences with students, you know, of that, you know, unit five of your course book on the environment, you know, and (laughs) some students love it and some students don't. But I mean, there's a danger that 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 you know that that kind of response is uh, is possible for any topic that you you have in your available course book. Yeah. But I think maybe global issues, the, the topics themselves have a have a particular reputation, uh, if you like, for for being quite heavy. And my own experience and those of of my colleagues in the Global Issues SIG is the the very opposite, which is that students, you know, they do want to talk about these things. Um, There isn't really a topic that they're, they're not particularly interested in. It's more a question of as we were saying earlier, um, you know, sensitivity around particular topics. So, yeah, I would say, you know, um, for teachers, you know, do do a little survey, if you like. I mean, maybe get a list of global issues topics, um, present them to your students, find out which ones they would like to talk about and take your cues from them, really. You know, especially if you're if you're working outside your home country. I mean, we probably could make a pretty good educated guess about students from our own culture. But if you're working outside your own home country, it's probably best to um, put that to the students themselves and see what topics they might find interesting to discuss. That's really interesting. I like that, putting it to the students and seeing what they'd like to learn about. 
Um, okay, great. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or discuss surrounding global issues in the classroom? Yeah, well, as I said uh, at the beginning, when I when I was mentioning the different topics, um, I think the global issues topic, which eclipses everything at the moment uh, for me and for a large number of other people, is the climate emergency. Yes. And this is obviously something that uh, teachers, along with everybody else, uh, that they're aware of it. Now, to what extent they um, feel the need to to bring this topic into the classroom, you know, with students is obviously very much up to individuals. I think for me, um, talking about this with, with more adult learners, for example, I've just finished working on the pre-session program at uh, Bristol University this summer, and the climate crisis came into lessons, um, even though obviously it was uh, EAP that I was uh, I was working on. Um, because my students were all in their mid to late 20s, um, it was something that, that did come up, and I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't afraid of of broaching it in class with them. Um, it is, however, something that I'm, I'm thinking about a lot in terms of young learners, simply because um, I've been talking to parents uh, recently, parents of say nine and 10 year olds who know that their, their children are very concerned about what's going on. And so I just did a little bit of research amongst um, some friends of mine to find out, you know, how they're, they're tackling this particular issue themselves with their own students. So I had a very nice uh, email from one of my colleagues in Hungary called Gergo Fekete. Um, he told me that he was teaching his class of 12 year olds and used Greta Thunberg and oh, Malala cool. as examples of, uh, I think he was, yeah, he was practicing um, the simple past tense. So he used them. Um, as the kind of the theme, if you like, I mean, yeah. presumably their lives. I don't know the details of the lesson itself, their lives. But because he used these two girls, women, he got a really good response from his students. He said that most of them had never heard of either of them. Oh, and wow. So that was great that, you know, a group of 12 year olds in Hungary now know more about Greta Thunberg and Malala than they did yeah, before. Yeah, that's excellent. But he said also it did provide a little kind of um, springboard really for more research and more interest in these two people. So maybe that's one way of, of broaching the subject of the climate crisis with, uh, with much younger learners really is, is through a kind of personalization of particular people involved. And of course, uh, Greta Thunberg, because she is only 16, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great opportunity, if you like, for younger learners to identify with somebody more their own age. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so that, that was really, that was interesting to find out what, what he might be doing. Um, I also did a little bit of research myself and found um, an interesting article, which is written by um, a psychotherapist actually based at the University of Bath, just down the road here. She was thinking very much about how much you sort of tell children and how much you actually listen. And her conclusion really was that listening is really important. You know, children have views, they have opinions, and they are largely bearing you know, the emotional burden of this whole, you know, kind of catastrophe that we're facing at the moment. Um, so she concludes her article basically by advising adults to listen to children more. Um, and I think maybe that's something as teachers we could take away, that rather than sort of actively teaching young learners about the climate emergency, but maybe, you know, orchestrate situations where they get to talk more about it. Um, obviously, that depends on their language level, because young learners 
you know, may not have the necessary um, linguistic tools, if you like, to be able to express what they want to say in English. Um, she actually had a very nice activity, which I think maybe is something that teachers could try. She actually asked the children as part of her research to personify climate change. Um, oh, she asked yeah. them to see it um, as an animal and to give it a voice. And she said, if climate change could talk, what would it say? And she was she was quite, I think, possibly surprised and a little bit taken aback by sort of the main emotion that came through with these these kind of animals, if you like, talking about climate change was um, anger. It was the most common emotion oh, wow. um, that surfaced. So as a technique, you know, it's something that maybe teachers could try with their students, but Again, as a, as a teacher, are you are you prepared and do you have the skills to deal with the possible emotions that it might raise? So um, this was this was an interesting article. You know, I think there's going to be a lot more time and research given over to this simply because if what the scientists say is true, then this is going to be very much a, a defining feature of our of our futures. Yes, definitely. That's only interesting, that um, activity. It kind of comes back around to what we were saying earlier about like understanding and empathy, even in terms of like understanding that climate change is real from like a young person's perspective and kind of giving it a voice and like being able to empathise and understand what's happening in that way. Yeah. I find that really interesting. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I would like to know more about what, what she's discovered. So, yeah, I think I think really uh, I would say that, you know, global issues as a topic is not something to be avoided. I've, I've noticed over the, um, the last couple of years that the global issues really has become uh, a much more, well, a mainstream topic in some ways. I mean, it's very heartening to hear that uh, course books, for example, are are using um, topics that would have been considered a little bit uh, niche. They're incorporating them much more into the mainstream now. So I think in some ways our time has come. <laughs> I, think, I think there was a time. <laughs> We're already. Yeah, and we are. We are ready. I think, yeah, I think that, that it's something which teachers and students are certainly a lot more interested in. And I, I really hope that, uh, yeah, that it, it continues to be something that people want to talk about um, and to bring into their lessons. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. I will leave all the links that Julietta mentioned on the post. Uh, and thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Julietta, once again. Thank you. It's been really interesting to talk to you. Thanks, Jez. And that's it from us today. If you'd like to get in touch or to see our latest updates, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Garnet Education or head to garneteducation.com forward slash podcast for show notes and information about today's guest. Thanks for listening!